0: Hi fam, it's Monica and Jordan, workplace besties, giving you introspective realness and randomness that may literally get us fired one day. It's episode four, y'all. Have you ever sat there and considered the what-ifs and what could be judgment-free? Join us as we spill our insecurities.
1: How wild is it that every version of you probably exists still somewhere in someone's memory? The messy you crying on the floor exists still in your mind, the happy... Sun-soaked you exist in your best friend's memory. Literally no part of you has died. All parts of us exist always, simultaneously, and hidden. So, lately I noticed that when I run into someone I haven't seen in a long time, they never recognize me. And I asked one of my friends about this, and she was like, you look really different. Honestly, I thought you had a nose job.
0: Ooh, she tried it
1: now i haven't had any work done and honestly i wouldn't feel any kind of way if i had because that's kind of a flex but um actually another friend agreed she's like you do really you do you do look really different in a good way but i'm not going to get into all of the feelings the questions and the insecurities that them pointing this out brought up for me but i did think about the journey during all these various versions of myself decisions, not good or bad, but would I actually change anything?
0: Hmm. I mean, generally, I think for me, I tend to feel like no regret. I feel like every decision that I made, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent, the pain, the happiness of it all made me who I am today. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I love who I am today and who I'm becoming mm-hmm. and whatever that person is going to look like 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna love her, too. Everybody better love her. You too, Jordan. Love her. But I think back through like there might have been some critical decisions in my life that I'm just like, what if? Right. And I think the first one for me is my name. Because as soon as you walk into the room, as much as you say, like, I soak up all of the room with my energy, it's still, I still have to go and shake people's hands or whatever and say like, hi, my name is Monica. And I think that that's such a huge thing for me because I wasn't born with the name Monica. Um, And so, you know, again, born in Nigeria, came here when I was three, became a citizen in the 90s. Um, And so I was still young. I was still 11 and whatnot. And I was born as Alayemi, which means I deserve wealth, which is my, you smile, Jordan, you smile. I do deserve wealth. It seems appropriate. It does seem appropriate, doesn't it? Like, I deserve all of the monies, all Mm -hmm. of the monies. My parents knew what they were doing. But then my sister is Alamide, which means my wealth has arrived. So then she has the even more flex, right? She was like, well, they wealth (laughs) came when I came. Wow. I'm not going to go down the history of all of our names. But anyways. There's a name. There's a meaning behind it. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I became a citizen in the 90s, I was at that time going to Catholic school and I did all of the sacraments so I could technically get married in a Catholic church. Mm -hmm. And one of the sacraments was confirmation. And in confirmation, you pick a saint name and that's like your name. And so I picked Saint Monica. Now. Again, you're a young child. So this was all based off of Monica. Okay? This was based off of Monica the singer, Miss Thane herself. Love her. Love her. And still love her to this day. But so I added a name. When you go for citizenship, you're with your parents, and they say, do you want to add a name? So I was Alayemi Akamu, also known as Monica Alayemi Akamu, Mm. but never used it. Never, ever used it. Until college. So everybody that knows me from the past knows me as... Yemi or aka yemi and when i got into college and my dad knew i wanted to do finance he just came to me and was just like listen it's probably going to be hard so you might want to think about using your other name Mm -hmm. and it was just based off of a parent's love not wanting you to go through the same struggle that he went through um he's an accountant and whatnot but didn't want to go through the same struggle wanted to have something to identify with Right. And so I sat there at that time and like, you're 17. I'm sorry, but (laughs) you're still not making the best decisions and you're still going off of what, you know, your parents say, like what they think is best for you. And so that's when I came on Stony Brook University campus and Yemi was dropped and it was Monica. I mean, if you knew me from the past, you can call me Yemi. I think Layton still calls me Yemi. His family calls me Yemi. But if you know me for real, then you could call me Yemi. If you don't know me, for real, you know me for play, call me Monica. <laughs> but I think what that does sometimes when I meet people and I explain, like, my journey, it all comes into, like, am I Nigerian enough? Like, how are you Nigerian with a name like Monica? I mean, I know, like, our names are so embedded in our culture and they have meaning, but does that truly define who I am? That doesn't, that doesn't stop, like, the fact that my birth certificate says I was born in Nigeria. Anybody don't. Like, seriously, I have the immigrant stamp and all of that. It doesn't change that. It doesn't change who I am. But it's autom- it automatically gets people thinking, like, I'm a sellout, mm. right? Like, I sold my soul to fit into America. I am now Americanized. I, have, I want no parts of my old self or my culture. And that is not the case. And again, it was done out of love. So people not knowing me just automatically judge me of my name. And I don't always correct people because, quite frankly, I don't care i don't i really don't but it is a thing like would i have gotten this far if i no would have if i would have just kept with all i me? like no. as i put in my resumes i think they see something they're like oh monica and there's something they can identify with right now they completely drop my maiden name because i go as monica akamu williams intentionally like i couldn't just be monica williams I needed to have my maiden name in there as just like an ode to the culture and all of that. Mm -hmm. And so people automatically drop that. I'm hyphenated, but they drop it and they call me Monica Williams,
1: Miss Williams. Because that's what's easier to pronounce.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's absolutely easier to pronounce. I mean, my name got butchered on my basketball jersey. They spelled my name wrong. Like I'm playing for the school and they spelled my name wrong. Okay. It's, it's all of the things, Oliami, Oli Salami, all of the names. I went through it all. Mm-hmm. I went through it all. But it is absolutely easier. But does that make me less of a person? Now, if I really wanted to, could I go back and change my name? Absolutely. But I also think we don't get mad at everybody else who changes their name. Like, there's so many celebrities out there that change their name when they wanted to become a celebrity, whether they mm-hmm. dropped something or just used one name or anything of that nature. But that's more acceptable. I'm the sellout.
1: But I think that happens more where they tell you to drop the ethnic name because mm, like you don't fair. want to limit your options. If people already know just from looking at your resume or your profile that you're Hispanic or black or like whatever, then I think the, prevel- the, like, the prevalent thought has been, oh, well, you're not going to be successful or they're going to like have you as the sidekick or the funny black friend or whomever. So I think even in corporate – you I mean there's been so many studies has been proven like you get less hits less callbacks etc if you have a name that's harder to pronounce or you have a name that's clearly very ethnic and so you know there's been all this talk about how people start to whitewash their resumes so they can even get their foot in the door it's not about them being unqualified or Mm -hmm. less qualified it's just that people think to themselves is this somebody that I'm gonna be able to relate to like am I gonna want to work with somebody who is potentially so different for me, looks different, has a different background, different lifestyles. So I don't think that, you know, it's necessarily a bad thing. And I think it's, it's a toss up, right? Like, I'm just mm-hmm. curious if your dad explained any of like what he went through. Did you feel like you had a choice to change your name? Or was it like, you need to do this or else you're not going to be that girl, like you're not going to be successful, like do whatever you want. But I'm telling you right now, you're probably going to stall out entry level if you insist on being The Nigerian girl.
0: Yeah, I don't think he was that forceful. I think it was one of those things. um, Shout out to my dad, by the way. He gives like, he calls you into his office and he gives you advice, right? And so it was just like, hey, you might want to think about doing this. And so I had to sit there and I had to think to myself, like, wow, what what has it been like through all these years with my name? I never thought twice about my name. You named me this. It is what it is. But were there jokes? Absolutely. Did people spell it wrong? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Do I have to explain myself on how to pronounce it all the time? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like, it's a lot of work just walking into the room, right? And so at that point, it's like, oh, well, I guess you're right. I do have to make it easier thinking about the system that I'm in, right? That I've been in for 17 and the system that I'm trying to get into. I need this bread, period. That's what I was thinking about at 17, I need this bread. And so I made the decision.
1: Yeah, I don't, I mean, I think, I think names are so important. And I think it's interesting how sometimes, you know, parents, I think they do what they think is cool or what they think is interesting. I I think I'm a perfect example. Like my parents did what they thought was cool but I don't know if they put enough thought into it like we've had this conversation many times so if they heard this they wouldn't be like oh my gosh like she's talking shit about us on (laughs) on a podcast no but like I have always and still to this day like I think about it all the time of just like changing my name Mm -hmm. flat out um just because I'm like you get to a point you're like so tired of people misgendering you because it's across the spectrum Mm -hmm. like not only do they misspell it and mispronounce it but then also the misgendering too and i mean it's something i can think about even going back to grade school you know like having you know teachers make fun of my name having teachers i had a fifth grade science teacher who refused to call me jordan she goes it's not spelled correctly so i'm not calling you jordan
0: how do you spell your name jordan by the way for the people out there
1: g-h-o-r-d-a-n like you can already hear the attitude because i'm so tired of it like it's I mean, and then, like, you get a few people who will, like, get it right. Or they're like, oh, I like that. That's really cool. But then more often what I get is, like, people being, like, visibly irritated and being like, that doesn't make any sense. Why is it like that? And I'm like, why are you, mm. at? Why are you coming at me? I did not name myself, yeah. right? If I could, I would not have named myself this. But it's what I was left with. So I'm just trying to make the best of it. But I think that it does impact your confidence, like, Immediately. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's another layer of new starts. Like, you have to really think if I change jobs, if I, you know, do anything new, I have to start all over again. And you have to do all the explanations. And, you know, you get all the jokes of people I'm like, ha, I thought you, like, You know, my last company, like, somebody was like, oh, I thought you were a big, you know, Scottish guy. I saw you, and I was just thinking to myself, who's who's this little brown person? I was expecting a big redhead guy with a beard. And then, like, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. a joke. And you're like, I mean, are we okay. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's are you like, disappointed? Like, right. And it's like, I, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do with this information. <laughs> so I think for me, it's, it's one of those things that can impact like how you show up in the world. Like how confident do you feel? Like how secure do you feel in most situations? Right. I think if you have a name that people don't mispronounce or people automatically like tie your gender, with it or it feels quote unquote safe, mm-hmm. then I think it gives you a flexibility. And I think it gives you a greater runway. Like you can just show up and then be in the moment of whatever you are. Right. Like if you start first day of school yeah. and you're and you're waiting for your name to get called for attendance or whatever, you don't have that sinking feeling in your stomach. You know yeah. what I mean? You're not like waiting for them to butcher it or look around and wait. where's he? Where's, where's Gordon McMac, Mac- 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 who is he? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, and then you have this, you know what I mean? Or you just raise
0: your hand automatically when they start stuttering. That's the same thing I did. It was just like, it's me. Right. It's me.
1: And it's only now becoming advisable to do things that I see like people doing now, like where they'll say, how do I pronounce this? I don't want to make a mistake. And it takes like five seconds. And I'm always like, so grateful when people do that when they're like well how do i pronounce it because i don't want to mispronounce it right so i think it's also like the care and if you feel that then it's it's like such a relief so i feel like if if there was nothing else that came out of this it would be like it takes nothing to just say like how do i pronounce because Mm -hmm. people do what they want to do so you know if there is an act a greek actor right They'll figure out how to oh, pronounce will, that last name. They will name, figure right? out how to pronounce
0: it, especially so, if he's hot.
1: Right. Like, they'll do what they want to do. But it's like, if it if it's like, I don't know, I can't be bothered. And why does it have to have so many syllables? And I don't know any names like this. Right? What, le-
0: what, what le- Why do these letters go together? Like, yeah. do they even? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. So I feel like that is, that's the thing. And so even if I've, like, said before... To, like, any of my friends, I'm like, honestly, I think, like, I'm ready just to change my name. And I'm like, oh, you can't do that. And your parents would be so upset. And so it's always, like, this, like, guilt yeah. if you want to make things easier for yourself, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like, but you don't have to experience this. Yeah. If, you know, I we grew up in the 80s and 90s. Everybody Absolutely. is a Brittany, an Ashley, a Jessica. So, a Monica. A Monica. <laughs> so you don't have, I'm like, it's not the same for you, right? No, like you yeah. get to just show up and be you and have that like ease and that, you know. So it's like, why is it so bad? So I feel like when you talked about being able to transition into Monica, I'm like, what a relief like that's what i was thinking i was like what you're like that's so funny do i have authenticity and i'm like but they aren't butchering it right like you're probably like getting the opportunities that you always deserve but you're not having that extra layer of you know complication to try to get what you deserve
0: yeah i mean i do think that we're in a culture now where it it's more acceptable to be different and they want you to come into your own and i think that is a beautiful thing Right. And I celebrate all of that. But I also think that we shouldn't shame those that were coming up in a system that wasn't made for them, that had a hard time and made the decisions that they made. Like, don't think any less of them either. You know what I mean? And so I think that's the thing for me. Like, just respect the decisions, Mm -hmm. period. Put some respect on my name, whichever Mm -hmm. name I choose today. I know that's right. Put some respect on it. Mm -hmm. That's my main thing. You know? Yeah, But I know that there was another major decision for you, Jordan, in terms of like just thinking about the what ifs out there, right? Like what was that major decision for you to even maybe not go to a HBCU?
1: Um, my parents both went to HBCU, so they had their own experiences. I mean, I'm just gonna be honest. They just didn't think that it was the best opportunity. My parents are from a generation that they associate, you know, being one of few or being the only as being like a a status symbol. Like if you're the only black kid in your class, like they think, okay, good. I picked a good school for you. So you're gonna speak a certain way. You're gonna have better opportunities as opposed to if I have you in a school where you have other influences that may make it harder for you to navigate later in life, but I think the challenge of that is that you, it, there's an isolation, there's a loneliness that you experience, and it becomes very pervasive. So you start thinking about the layers of that. If you're always the new person, you have a name or an identity that is not, re, you know, like readily embraced. And then on top of that, no one looks like you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like even yeah. if you live in the same neighborhood as all the people you go to school with you don't, like if you both go to the mall, they're not following the other kids around, no. right? They're following you around, Absolutely. right? So you start thinking about the impact that it has. So for me, I looked at going to an HBCU as an opportunity just to for once be around other people that I didn't have to do so much explaining around or mm-hmm. I didn't have to have those same insecurities, right? It wasn't always like, trying to explain little things or trying to minimize any and everything that would set you apart. Right. Like, so now I think there are horrors to growing up in, in today's society because everything is so overexposed and you can't even make a mistake without the entire world knowing or the entire school knowing. But at the same time, there's so much more acceptance of if you are a heavier person, if you are gender fluid, if you, Mm -hmm. you know, have you know other abnormalities if you are you know disabled so there's but there's benefits to growing up in this in this era as well that were not as prevalent you know, for those of us who grew up in an earlier period of time. So Mm -hmm. you're so, so you're doing a lot of harm to yourself, both physically and emotionally, because you're trying to do everything you can to try to be someone else. And you can't just turn that on and off. Like once it becomes ingrained in you, I think you focus on that a lot. So for me, I feel like that was the first major miss. It was the first time I think I ever truly acknowledged that I made a mistake Mm. in terms of not having the willpower to say, I appreciate your input. Thank you for that but I need to at least try this. Um, I think that some people have, they have this mentality of, I'm going to try it. And if it fails, guess what? I'm going to try something else. But I think depending on who has nurtured you, they make it seem like that would be the end. And I'm not saying that my parents did that, but they were just like, but what if you fail? Or what if people don't accept you? Or what if you don't like it? What if it's not the Mecca? Like, you know, then what are you going to do? Right. And so you make fear-based decisions. You don't make the decisions based on, what could potentially be most rewarding? You make decisions based on where you're least likely to fail. fail. Yeah. And so then you're doing everything very safely and in a very small way. Um, and so then you can end up in situations and places that exacerbate whatever you've been experiencing. So to go from middle school and high school, where it's like, I definitely feel other then to go to college and have that blown up on a scale. I was like, well, how much harder can it be? I'm used to being the only, let me tell you, even more traumatizing, <laughs> right? Because you're even more aware. Yeah. Um. So for me, I would say that was probably my first big, you know, oops, because looking back, I'm like, there would have been no shame in me saying okay i tried it it didn't work out for me let me see what else there is like is there is there paperwork is there some you know cost involved in transferring yes um but i wanted to transfer you know my freshman year i knew instantly when i got there i'm like this is not this is not the place for me Mm -hmm. right but my dad was like you're staying you need to learn how to finish what you start so he was like you're not you're not going anywhere
0: i think it's so interesting that you bring up like the the parent piece because i think being a parent now i think you know from the time that they're in your womb you try to do everything you can to protect them right Mm -hmm. so you like eat right you make sure there's no stress you do all of these things to make sure they're okay then they come out and you're still doing whatever you need to to protect them like you don't want them to fall you don't want them to bump their head you're doing all of these things to protect them and i think There comes a point where the protection of that like needs to kind of fall through, fall, fall off just a little bit. But I think it's just an innate in us to want to protect our child from going through any possible harm. Right. Mm -hmm. And we know that harm based off of whatever our parents went through. So I think as I grew up, I I start to think about the decisions or some of the stuff that my parents did. I know they were doing the best that they knew how to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm doing the best that I know how to do as well. Um, and I think that your parents were probably doing the best that they knew how to do as well. But I definitely would have seen you at HBCU. I think when I met you or started to get to know you, I was like, you sure you didn't go to, mm-mm,
1: no? Mm-mm. You didn't go to Spellman? No, that, and that's exactly, and that's so funny. Oh, Hillman? It-
0: no, nah, Hillman's <laughs> not a real, Hillman's like, not a real right. HBCU a real out there, school. people. <laughs>
1: right, do we have Hillman sweatshirts and t-shirts? Yes, but it's a fictional school. It's a fictional school. <laughs> a fictional um, school. No, and I, but I do think that, we're learning complexity right so we're learning that your parents can do the best by you They're only people, and it still could have been the wrong way that they guided you. All those truths can coexist. All of it can coexist. Absolutely. Do my parents do everything for me? Are they like the best people? Yes. Do I think that there were times when they led me astray? Also, yes. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. Because I think that sometimes they can let their own experiences overshadow. Mm -hmm. Right. And they don't think about who are you. Not like we are not the same. Right. So what might not have worked for you, correct? You know, could be what I needed. Right. And I know, like. A friend of mine now is like she she did do that. She did go to an HBCU and she was like at not for me and she's like I don't think that it's realistic mm-hmm. um, there's going to be hate mail for this I don't think that it's realistic to go because that's not the world where you as a black person are going to be surrounded with people who look like you and have you know this experience of being really seen and supported that's not going to be your life it's, yeah. it's giving you an opportunity to have that fulfillment but it's going to potentially be that much harsher when you go out to a world that doesn't see you doesn't care for you Um, and that, that's her perspective and that's her
0: perspective I think it's, it's all about it's knowing who you are. It's knowing what you need, right? Yes. There's some people that need that. If I had that identity all throughout life and I wanted to do something different, mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's that's for me to decide and whatnot. If I felt like I was missing that, and to your point, I was the only from 1 to 17 or mm-hmm. 18, whatever age you go to college, um, and I want to have a different experience, that's up to me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I really just think that we can't be so quick to... To judge and put and and like say that that's wrong or you should have done this or you should have done that Mm -hmm. Um, because everybody's walk is completely different. Mm -hmm. Like what is meant for you is going to be for you. What's meant for me is going to be for me. My walk is going to be different than yours.
1: But I think that's the hard part, right? Is like trying to get to a place where you don't have those regrets. And I think that's where some of the shame comes in, right? Like, I know, like, that it really bothers my mom to this day. If I bring it up, she'll be like, here we go. I don't want to talk about this anymore, (laughs) right? Like, but I was like, I just want you to understand, like, I, like, I get what your perspective was, but it's fear-based, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and so for me, it still bothers me because I'm like, who would I be if I'd had even a brief period of time in my life where I felt accepted? Like, would I be more secure of a person? Would I have more ability to be myself, like very intentionally? Like, am I always myself? Yes. But do I tend to be extremely reserved? Also yes, Mm -hmm. because over time, like if you're experiencing a lot of rejection or people constantly questioning like who you are, what you're about, is this good enough? You're very protective of yeah. yourself, and so I wonder who I would be if I'd ever had an environment in which I was more celebrated, and encouraged to be myself versus encouraged to be less or or to to try to tuck away those things. Like, so I like I see what you're doing here, and this is good, but if you could just do less of everything, that'd be great, yeah. right? And so if you experience that in school, you experience that in dating, you start getting those layers again. It's like, you're never really able to be yourself. And I think you can kind of like fold in or go really deep into yourself. If you don't really see the out world as some place that you ever really feel safe. So I feel like maybe I've attached too much importance to that decision, but it just, it's always that, that question mark of, would I be a better person, a more secure person, um, like a better version of myself if I had had that? So
0: I hear you. I mean, I think you, you talk about like, again, with the what ifs. I mean, I mentioned the, the, the name piece, but I think one of the things that I think about is where would I have been if I actually had a spouse that was more established when I met them? Right. Like at the end of the day, I, you know, I joke about being dental wife, dental wife, life, all of that. But that that joint is hard. It comes with struggles. And I think people automatically think I have what I have because I'm married to a doctor. Mm -hmm. Y'all also going to get this debt. It's expensive to be a doctor out here in these streets. Mm -hmm. Right. Like the struggle in order for us to get there, I'm never going to have the dink life, which was which is double income, no kids. So while he was in dental school, it was strictly One income. It was my sole income. When we had these kids, it was solely my income to help him, you know, pursue his dreams, which when I said yes to him, I said yes to all of it. So I knew what I was getting into. That doesn't mean that it's not hard. It was hard. The balance in our relationship was definitely not balanced. The little scale and whatnot was all going on my way in terms of being the sole provider, but then also being the sole caregiver for our kids as well. That dream was hard. It's enough to like break, break somebody at some point. Um, I think now he definitely tries to overcompensate for those early years, um, which is super sweet, but it's still... You know, I, I still think about it till this day. Like, would we have been further if I just married somebody that was maybe in finance like me? Like, mm-hmm. we would have been, we would have been establishing all of these things. We would have had properties and dip, and all of these other things. But no, now we have to pay back this debt <laughs> that that he, you know, took on um, when he decided to have this dream. And, you know, we're we're good. We're not rich. We have a good life. We're good. I'm so thankful for that now. But it's also thinking about, like, how far would we have been? And I think the most taboo thing, and there might be hate mail out there for me as well. Like, how far would I have been if I didn't have kids?
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, you Dum-da-dum. saw it, it cost, cost $300,000 a year to raise, <laughs> or like 300000 over their, like, adolescence to raise them now. So you think oh, about, you have twins, so gosh. you're going to spend twins, over half honey. a million dollars. Twins. And that's if they don't go to private school, they don't do all
0: these other things, so. All of the things. All of the things. I mean, it was everything times two. Daycare times two, formula times two, Pampers times two. Listen, God saw us through. I don't know how. I mean, I was on leave and I, I think at the time in, in Tennessee, it was like 60% for only six weeks. And I took four months off because I needed that. That was more important to me. How we did it with no steady income coming in, only God. But to your point, like it's expensive to raise kids out here. I mean, I think, and I knew that and I knew our situation. So when they told me, I mean, I knew I was pregnant. When they told me I was having two I was just like, run that back? Hold on. What?
1: But y'all were quiet at lunch after, which cracks we, me up.
0: Okay. So this is what happened, y'all. This this is the story. I knew I was pregnant. We had to go get an ultrasound. Okay. Because it's happened over the holidays. Went to go get the ultrasound. But it was like, oh, okay. I hear a heartbeat. We're like, all right, cool. We, 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 we had time to adjust to this. She was like, I think I hear another one. Huh? I think we looked at each other crazy. There are no twins in our family. What is happening? Yes, I know Yoruba Yoruba tribe has the most twins ever, but still, what is happening? And so we went to lunch, and yes, we sat in silence, because I think it just hit us at the same time, like, what in the world is happening to our lives? And I think the only thing that we said to each other at lunchtime was...
1: Have salt.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Close enough. But it was just like, yo, we don't even get to start out with, like, a cute family. Like, we have a legit (laughs) family. Like, a legit, full-blown family. And I went to work before I saw my, my doctor afterwards. And I cried. I cried in the bathroom. Now people are going to say, oh, it should have been tears of joy. No, honey, I was scared. Mm-hmm. I was scared. Times two, nobody I knew had twins. Like this was going to hit us, not just, phys- not just me physically, mentally, spiritually, but it was going to hit me financially as well. So yeah, I cried. Okay. So mm, yeah, sometimes I think about it. I love you, Aaron and Zachary, but yeah.
1: What would life be like?
0: What would life be like if I didn't have you? I love you to death and I love to see you grow, but how, how, how much further would I have been? And there's a lot of people that wait a little longer now. If they do want kids, they go, you know, they wait a little longer to have kids and make sure they're more established. Um, but I do. There, I do think there's some there's some benefits to us like building together. We definitely built together, and I think people see us now, and they automatically want this life without understanding the sacrifice that mm-hmm. came to get this life.
1: But I also think what's interesting too is how your family talks about oh, Dr.
0: Williams, Dr. Dr. Will- Williams, child. On all the cards is no always respect the, for the no HR respect. partner. <laughs> they don't my parents still don't know what I do. I don't think anybody respects it. I think if, even if I go back to like my aunts and uncles and whatnot, I think they automatically oh, I see you wearing this purse because, you know, your doctor's t-. like I'm just sitting here. My doctor is taking care of me. Is he? Is he? Child, is he is. But is he though? <laughs> I was doing this before him. Just mm. let's be clear let's be clear. If you know me, you know, I ain't lying out here. I was doing this before him, but it's like, they, it's more respect. Again, it's more culturally. You're a doctor. There's more respect put on your name. Yeah. Period.
1: I feel like that was, I mean, I was pre-dentistry, ironically, right? Like ironically. I know. Um, initially, because my mother, anybody knows, but my mother has a very heavy influence in my life. So she's like, she's going to be like, okay, I want you to go to this school. I want you to go to private school with not a lot of people because I really want you to focus on your academics. I think you should do pre-dentistry because then you can be Dr. McManus and da, 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 da. (laughs) But, you know, we've talked about this. I would like cry in biology or chemistry because it wasn't for me. And, you know, I ended up being a history major, which I love because I mean, where else can you read all day and just really like, get into this zone right mm-hmm. it's like my happiest my happiest place and so it was a joy for me to go to the bookstore at the beginning of the year and they're like oh you're in this history class and they give you a stack of like nine books for like that class and I'm i would like cry clapping my hands in glee right and i would cry you know what i mean because i would be <laughs> literally burning the midnight oil like you know reading highlighting writing in the margins and then your tests aren't like you know name the blah 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 the connective tissue instead it's like write an essay that embodies blah blah blah, right, which mm-hmm. was those blue books mm-hmm. were like my life for four years, and I'll never give that up, but that's like one thing I don't regret is that I think that was the first time I did something strictly for me, right, because had I went this other path, I was always worried. I would do that and it would not be fulfilling. And then what? Right. I would have to start all over because you don't, being a dentist is not a transferable skill,
0: right? Like. (laughs) Facts. I'd really be sitting there thinking like, what else can you do, boo? Nothing.
1: (laughs) Like maybe you go work at like a pharma company or something. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what you do with a dentistry degree. So, I mean, I feel like, um, this also reminds me of when. I was, I'm not like, not only do I like get deep into like various books that I love, but like if I find a show that I love and I'm obsessed with Misha Green's work. So, like, I was a huge underground fan, but then I really, really, really like had a love affair with Lovecraft Country. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel like I started pitching even the idea of this episode to you because Hippolyta, you know, has one particular episode where she gets to name herself right like in all the other episodes she's just a supporting character and I don't want to say just but she is a supporting character but this episode is all about her it's all about her getting to do what we just talked about which is if she didn't grow up in a country that saw her as you know you're just a black woman so you can't be this brilliant scientific mind you can't you know name a comet or a star you can't go to space camp you can't do all these other things who and what would she have been and so she gets to name herself over and over and over again and go to these you know different parallel universes where she's you know josephine's dancer right like she literally gets to go to like 1920s paris and like dance on stage behind josephine baker she is a warrior she's all these things but eventually you know, she gets to be wife and mother Mm. and she gets to have this like full out conversation with George, her husband, and talk about how, you know, she made herself small for him, right? Like she tried to fit in with what was expected. And she's like, the worst part is not that I did that. It's that you let me Mm. do that, right? Like Mm. you knew who and what I could be and you could have encouraged me more. You could have carved out more space in our life for me to be who you knew I could be and you chose not to, right? And it's like, okay, yes, she forgives him, but I think it's such an important lesson. Like you could say, oh, well, that was, you know, the 40s and the 50s, but it's still happening to this day. Mm -hmm. And it's not just even in romantic relationships; It can happen really in any one, but I think it's just the power of getting to explore and again, not having that guilt or not being worried about people judging you for, wanting to know what it would be like to just experience different things, yeah, you know? Because if you, like we've talked about, have been told, oh, you should be a doctor, oh, you should go to law school, oh, you should do these things, how many of us really got time to sit around and just really think, what am I good at? Mm-hmm. When am I happiest? Like, what are the things that I do that make me feel filled up, Absolutely. right? And then how do I systematically go about having that life? Like, I'm so amazed by people who you know, we're very much like on that path to say, I don't ever want to be in corporate or I really enjoy, you know, taking pictures and I'm going to figure out a way to make that my life's work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, I don't even know, like, I don't even know how your mind would work to even start figuring those things out and pursue them like wholeheartedly, you know? Um, so I think that that's, that was like the whole thing that started is this, like, if I could be anything, like who would I name myself? Like, what would I be? And I thought about, it's like, okay, I would be probably an HBCU graduate. I would probably be a wife and a mother. I would be some sort of curator and guardian of of the past. Um, I could see that. Would I be a human rights attorney? Probably. Travel journalist, right? Like I'm just thinking about like who and what are some of the other things that I could have or should have been if I was able to like really take that space. Because now everybody's like, oh, live your passion. And, you know, you'll never work a day in your life. And I'm just like... Okay, girl, right?
0: like <laughs> That doesn't have, that, that doesn't work for all of us. It doesn't
1: work for all of us. Cause I'm like, I don't even know. Like at this point, I just, I watch Netflix. I eat Trader Joe's snacks and that's my entire personality.
0: I mean, I think for me, what I think about is like, if I had to think about anything, it would be like, could I be a radio or a TV host or anything mm-hmm. of that nature? Like I secretly regret the fact that I never knew that there was college radio out there and I never mm. got into it at all to really try to explore all of the things that I could be, um, Maybe an interior designer. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Everybody kind of is trying to like push me in different directions. Could I be a life coach? I can see it. Right? I'd be life coaching you without, without the certification, mm-hmm. without any tools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd be Clearly. life coaching people. And I won't be for everybody. I think I would be a very aggressive life coach. Like I super aggressive. S- I see that. Like I'm not going to be for everybody, but could I be a matchmaker? Could I be a, you know, a real estate investor or an agent or anything of that nature? Right. But I think truth be told, I feel like I can still do these things. I mean, hence this podcast, like at the end of the day, I feel like I can still do these things if I really wanted to, if there was like a push or a passion in me. And I think that's what we shouldn't forget that even if, if you sat there sometimes and you do the work and you think about, oh, my gosh, what if I would have done this, then go ahead and do it. And I think that's what's also happening in our generation and our culture is like people come from corporate America or from being a lawyer and they just turn and they make a U-turn right back to the gifts that they knew that they had and really start to make a business out of that. And that's not for everybody. right? And I think one of the things that you say all the time, Jordan, is like not everything is meant to be monetized, which is true. You like something that doesn't mean that you fully have to make money over it. You can just do it because you like it, because then it might turn into something that you don't you don't like anymore. Right.
1: right, absolutely. When you have to start putting like facts and figures and reporting out and hiring staff, and then it's not a pleasure thing anymore. Yeah. Now it's like you're like, Your I can't pay my electricity bill <laughs> unless this slaps right. Uh-huh. And it's like it just takes it can suck the joy out of something. So. Uh, I feel like that's the other thing is like getting back to a life where you actually have like a fullness and it's like, yes, I have what I do, but do I have things that like just purely bring me joy? So I feel like that's a big part of it. And I feel like it's also that curiosity of like, I would get, I always wanted there to be some sort of mechanism to like peek into like alternate universes. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think this comes from like reading so much sci-fi you're like, what if there was a mechanism (laughs) where I could like see all these other versions of myself, Mm -hmm. you know, getting to, like play through all the scenarios of like what I suppose that I would want to be or do. Um, so I feel like, I feel like that's cool. I feel like those are the things I think about. And I don't really feel like any bitterness at not having done mm-hmm. some of those other things. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm trying to get to this place. of like a, a more acceptance of saying, if that was what I was supposed to be doing, then it probably would have presented itself And that's okay, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's trying to really find some sense of comfort in who you're becoming and like surrounding yourself with people that actually celebrate that for you too, Um, which is much harder than it sounds, right? Mm -hmm. It sounds very nice. Like it's very nice, neat bow in a way to wrap up a podcast, but it's, I think it's an active struggle. If I could define, it's an active struggle to like yourself and to like where you are and not shame yourself or beat yourself up for anything that you have yet to accomplish or you may never accomplish so I feel like that's the active struggle every day is trying to find even like a moment of joy or you know that positive self-talk about I'll never or I'm not as good as this person or we started off at the same and look how much further they are you know what I mean so I feel like it's 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 daydreaming but it's also like trying to figure out some way to like make peace with all the decisions, the regrets, the could have, should have, would haves mm-hmm. Um, at least that's, that's where I think I am. And also just trying to figure out like, is there more to be done? And like, who is that person going to be? I don't know. i literally have no idea.
0: I would love her too. Cool. Whoever she is, whenever she comes, I'm going to love her too. You see the love I have for you. Mm-hmm. I see it. All right. I just want to make sure that you know it. But y'all out there, we would love to hear from you guys. If you could name yourself or transport yourself or have lived a different life, what would you have done? What would you be? What would you name yourself? Or maybe you're living that. And if you are, that's amazing. And we applaud that for you as well. Thank you guys.